Thank you so much for tuning into our Stolen Lunches podcast. We're going to dive into our 6 a.m. prayer where we like to start the day inspired and collective as a community. So for more details and to send your prayer requests, log on to StolenLunches.org. My name is Stephanie, and I have the honor and privilege of leading you all in our 6 a.m. Monday morning prayer call. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you have not checked out Stone Lunch's podcast, please uh, go and check it out and subscribe. That's where you can find all of our prayer calls and our Bible studies. So if you miss one, you can always find it there. This is your first time joining us. I just want to say you belong here. We love you, and we are thankful for you. Now, as you guys pop in, go ahead and self-mute. There will be a time at the end where you can unmute your line and I will take any prayer requests, praise reports, or whatever is on your heart. We'll do that at the end. But for right now, go ahead and self-mute. Before I dive into today's devotion, I am going to pray for us. So Heavenly Father, God, we come to you. We set aside time in our day uh, to make you uh, important and to be intentional with our time. But we say that your mercies are new every single day. And God, that you are doing something new here in the earth. God, we are expectant to hear from you today. Open our hearts, open our minds uh, to hear your word. Father, allow your word just to come, to come forth through scripture. Allow me to speak and convey to be able to just share your word. And God, I pray that this word just permeates into the souls of your children. Lord, it is in your most mighty and matchless name that we say amen. Amen. All right, family, we are going to be in Joshua chapter 3. Some, a few of my friends and I, we were supposed to be reading through the entire uh, book of Joshua. We're supposed to be reading a chapter every day, but I got stuck here in Joshua chapter 3, and that's what I'm going to be teaching on this morning. So go ahead, open up your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 3. Grab your notes, and at the top of your notes, I want you to write the crossover. Now, I'm not talking about Michael Jordan or Steph Curry hitting you with a crossover and then nailing a three in your face. not talking about that, although my love for basketball did play into today's teaching title. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about Israel crossing over the Jordan River. Now, there are a few things to keep in mind when you're in the book of Joshua. So in the book of Joshua, we need to remember that the Greek name Jesus simply translates the Hebrew name to Joshua. So their their names are identical. Whenever Israel received in the promised land, they received through the hand of Joshua. Whenever we receive from God, we receive through Jesus Christ, our Joshua. So keep that in mind. Another thing is that The central act of redemption in the New Testament is the work of Jesus on the cross. The central act of redemption in the Old Testament is the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. So keep those two things in mind um, as we are reading today's scripture. And now, let's just be real here. So we all have this Jordan River that we're staring at this big thing that we're like, oh, I have no clue how I'm going to get through this, how I'm going to make it. So we all have this Jordan River. Well, that's where the Israelites were at. They're, they're standing there, 
and they're facing this river and it's gushing by. So today I'm going to give you a few points that will help you as you are facing your Jordan River. Starting in verses 1 through 3, Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord our God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. So let's backtrack here. Let's pull out a few points from these three verses. So they're at the Jordan, and it's gushing by. And, you know, it's one thing for, like, one or two spies to go through the Jordan River. It's something completely different when you're trying to move an entire nation, millions, across this river. How on earth are they going to make it? I know that you have probably felt that same way before, too. How on earth are we going to make it? One thing I want to point out is in verse 2, it says, after three days. So there is power in the number three. So as soon as I read this, I know immediately that something big is getting ready to happen. So we see the number three pop up as Christ was resurrected three days later. So this tells me that God is getting ready to do something. And I mean, in modern translation, Jesus is basically, Jesus basically says, hold my wine. I need to take care of this. Can anybody relate? So we know that Jesus is getting ready to do something big. The next thing that I want to point out is if you go into verses four and five, It says that, in verse 4, it says, Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. How many of you have never been this way before? You don't know which way to go. And it says in verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And that's where we're going to get our first point for crossing over the Jordan River. And it's point number one is preparation. See, the Israelites had to consecrate themselves. They had to surrender their plans, their desires, their wishes, their expectations. They had to leave it all. They were preparing themselves for, for what God had in store. Basically, they were saying, God, we can't make it without you. God, I pray that we would do the same, that as we are approaching our Jordan River, that we would approach it with the same humility and the same desperation that the Israelites did. So point number one is preparation. Jumping down to verse 6, Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant, and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Now, I'm just going to be honest. I used to think that the Ark of the Covenant was a miniature Noah's Ark, and that one of the priests was just carrying it around. That's what I used to think. But, you know, something got mixed up there on the felt board. But 
I just want to clarify, for anyone who might not know what the Ark of the Covenant is, it's basically like a chest, and it carries three essential items, the Ten Commandments, Aaron's staff, and a jar of manna. The manna represents God's provision. So if anybody was in the same boat as I was, just going to clear that up. The, the Ark is this ginormous chest, and the Ark symbolically is... It represents the the presence of God. So what they have said is that they are going to put God first and that God is going to lead the way. So they are trusting in him, even though the river is raging and gushing over the banks. In verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. This is where we're going to get point two. Point number two is God is with you. That's what it says right there in verse seven. So that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. That is just so powerful. They haven't even crossed over. They haven't even touched the water's edge, but God is declaring to them that I am with you, that I am with you right here on the side of the riverbank. I'm going to be with you in the water, and I will be with you on the other side. I wanted to tell you that today, that God is with you. God is for you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. God is with you. Now we're going to jump down to verse 14. It says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. That is so powerful right there. It just gets me excited because they are still staring at this water and nothing is happening to it. But what they did was they, they did it scared. And that's my next point. The Jordan River that you're facing, do it scared. The, the priest didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't know what was about to go down. But they did do one thing. They were obedient. And they heard God. And they listened to Joshua. And they moved forward on God's word. See, there's a difference between movement and progress. So they could have paced back and forth as they approached the river, trying to decide if they were going to go or if they weren't. That's the movement. Just like the Israelites, they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. That's a lot of movement, but there was no progress in their faith. May we be people who are constantly pushing forward in our faith and progressing in our faith, not just serving and doing, but actually like listening and obeying the word of the living God. They did it scared, but they did it full of faith. Now, here in Charlotte, 
it's getting ready to be pool season. Can I get an amen for warm weather flip-flops and some pool days? Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to the pool, I take my big toe and I dig it in. And if it's cold, count me out. I'm going to be on the sidelines. If it's warm, I'm going to be jumping in. See, the thing is, is our faith doesn't work like that. God wants us to jump into whatever he's calling us to do with bold confidence, just like the priest who stepped out. They just stepped into the river, believing that the same God who had spoke to them earlier was the same God that was going to provide a way through this river. Do it scared and do it full of faith. Our last and final point for today is going to be found in verse 17. It says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. When all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, this was dry ground, not muddy ground, not like a little damp and you have a footprint. No, this was dry ground like the desert, and there's not a trickle or ounce of water. How did this happen? What was the key to this amazing miracle that an entire nation was able to cross through? The key was the Ark of the Covenant. If you go back and you read this entire chapter, you'll notice that the Ark is referred to 14 times in the 17 verses. What does this tell us? This tells us that it was all about trust. And that's the last point for today is trust God will show off. Trust him. It's all about trust. Joshua and the priests and all of Israel had to trust in the God that they knew that he was going to be present with them. That God had gone before them. He was with them in the middle. He would be with them on the other side. So the Ark of the Covenant cleared the way for Israel. But what this also lets me know is that this was a spiritual work. This isn't a work that could be done by human hands. It was done because they began with preparation and consecrating themselves to Christ from the very, very beginning. So when we are facing our Jordan River, may we prepare ourselves and consecrate ourselves. Help us to remember that God is with us. We've got we to gotta do it scared, and we've got to do it full of faith. And then lastly, that we would trust that God would show up and that he would show off. I want to leave you with two other scriptures that I think just help fulfill this text. And it's in Matthew one twenty three, and this is where Mary, an angel is speaking to Mary and says, you will conceive and it will be a virgin birth, and you are to call him. Emmanuel, which is translated to God with us. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the ark. 
the other verse that I want to leave you with is that Colossians 2.15 says that having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. So I want you to cling to that today, that whatever fear that you have about stepping out in faith, whatever the enemy is trying to tell you, those have been, those thoughts have been disarmed by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. So declare that today that fear has no hold on you because you're exposing it right now, that doubt has no hold on you, but you're exposing it in the name of Jesus Christ. Declare those things because it says in Scripture that Jesus has cleared the way for victory. We just need to walk in it. Last and final point that I think sums it all up is that as we keep our eyes on and follow behind our victorious Jesus, this river of impossibility, it'll dry up and we'll be able to walk right through. We'll be able to give God all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. I don't know about you guys, but that was just so, as I was reading that, it was so encouraging to me because we each have something that we're staring at right in the face, and it can be a daunting task. But when we take it to God, he will do incredible things. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that your word is alive and active, that it speaks straight to our souls, that it permeates into our hearts and minds, and, God, that you can speak individually to each of us in our different situations, that you can encourage us through your word. God, we thank you that you are a God who provides, that you are Emmanuel. God is with us. Lord, we thank you that as we are on the riverbanks, as we are looking at our Jordan River, um, that you are right there beside us, and that when we step out in faith, God, that you will be there that you will part the seas, that even as we do it scared, God, that your arms are right there to hold us up. Would you say that you will shelter us with your wings, um, that you will uphold us so that we won't even hurt our foot on a stone? So, God, we are declaring and believing that today, that as we take steps of faith and as we trust in you with all of our hearts, Lord, that you would do incredible things, that it would be that our faith in you that moves mountains, God, we believe you for that. We believe you for miracles. God, we believe that you will part the sea, God, that you will move the mountains, Lord, that you will make a way where there's no way. And that whatever it is, whether it's a a job, whether it's a, a diagnosis, a report, Lord, whatever it is that's on the hearts of your people this morning, Lord, I pray that you would just intervene, that they would have a collision course with your love, with your peace, and with your provision. God, we love you and we thank you, and we declare, God, that we cannot do this without you. And so we lift up your name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus, and we say thank you, God. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to our 6 a.m. prayer. Again, you can join us every Monday and Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern. For more details, stolenlunches.org.